Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray. I expect you know that by now. Right, I haven't got prepared at all. What am I doing? The sun is shining. Half nine in the morning and it's the 6th of January 2023. Blue sky. Look at that wonderful blue sky. The flag isn't moving so there's no wind at all. I've just been outside feeding the squirrels and the birds and it's 10 degrees centigrade under the patio roof. We've got like a a lean-to. There's no front to it. It's just a a roof, and it's 10 degrees under there. Actually, when I built that roof a few years ago, I thought it was probably the best thing I'd ever done, because it extends the summer. Even if it's raining, we get to autumn and it rains. For us, the, the summer starts earlier, because we can sit under the roof, even if there's a shower, if it's raining a little bit, and it extends the summer into the autumn because again we can sit under there it's rather nice anyway enough about the roof I've got loads of notes here what's all this first of all lovely to hear from Gail hello Gail in Canada lovely to hear from you I do like receiving emails from people around the world it's great it's lovely to have people in Australia America Canada Spain France all over the place and yucca plant hello yucca plant from Scotland Lovely to hear from you. Really nice. Uh, what else? Jerry. Thanks to Jerry for sending the, the pictures. Now, what does that note mean? Do you know, I've forgotten what. Jerry, what did you send me? I can't remember. I'll look into that in a minute. You sent me some pictures. Ah, oh, that's right. They were pictures of uh, a radio. Yes, thank you for that, Jerry. Another Jerry. Let's cross this off as I go, look, because I'm going to get in a terrible mess here. You know what I'm like. Another Jerry. Hello, other Jerry. Sent me a an mp3 audio recording which I shall play to you a little bit later. A lot of you have sent in snippets of wartime stories which is good. I'll be mentioning some of those later. I've called this episode the Winter of Discontent which was 1978-79 wasn't it and I think was it 1974 we had in the UK here the three-day week all the power cuts and all that business so I'll be talking a little bit about that because several of you have heard obviously around the world in the news that we here in Britain are experiencing or enduring or whatever some kind of winter of discontent. And you've asked about the last winter of discontent, which yeah was 78-79, the winter of, which uh, I shall talk about in a while. Right, I've got more notes here. What have I got? Mike, nice to hear from you from Australia. Tony, I think I mentioned you before. Australia, nice to hear from you. Uh, Patrick from Ireland. Mark, I spoke to you on, uh, what was it, Skype or something? We had a chat, which was nice. Nice to hear from you, Mark. Now, I don't feel right because I haven't told you what the temperature is in Fahrenheit. Hang on a minute. Let me check this. Okay, I've got it now. 10 degrees centigrade is 50 Fahrenheit. The uh, pressure is 1016 millibars which is good what else is oh the percentage thing didn't I the humidity I know that uh, oh 100% humidity good grief 100% but it's dry it's not raining it's blue sky oh well whatever whatevs I was talking to my son that just reminded me talking to my son yesterday and I said uh, whatevs (laughs) and he said you know because he lives in America did I tell you that he lives in North Carolina and he said you know over here Americans don't shorten words like that, defo, whatevs, and things like that. Apparently they don't do it. It's probably just us Brits, because we're probably mad. (laughs) Defo, I like that. 
There are lots more, aren't there, that I can't remember offhand. Oh, one that's just come to mind is totes, as in totally. It's totes annoying. Uh, what else is there? I used to know lots of these because the grandchildren use them all the time. Incred, that's another one. Instead of incredible, incred. It's totes incred annoying. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Bestest, I quite like bestest, my bestest friend. I quite like that one. I don't find that annoying. But some people overdo it. Every sentence that, that comes out of their mouth is punctuated with these strange shortened words. Anyway, let's move on. Just going back to the lovely lady in Scotland that contacted me. I called her Yucca Plant because I haven't got her name. So apologies, Yucca Plant. <laughs> I'm sure you'll enlighten me at some stage. Well, one thing I must mention to you, talking of words, on the television the other day, they were talking about a poll they did, you know, 57% of people thought whatever. And the, the chap on the telly said, right, let's unpack this. And I thought, unpack, unpack the poll. What he meant was, let's look at it more closely and see exactly who voted for what. Unpack, you unpack a suitcase, don't you? You don't unpack statistics, I don't know, and drill down. Let's drill down and see what we can find. Don't drill down, do you? What is the matter with people? I don't know what's happened to the language. I really don't. Imagine if I'd said to the teacher at school, if she'd say, come out with a, a statistic, and I said, well, let's unpack this, or let's drill down and see what it's all about. <laughs> oh, dear, I don't know. I can't keep up with it all. One that a, a friend of mine uses a lot is, don't sink the ship before it's sailed. Now, that, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Uh, I suppose that could be used in a lot of context. I remember someone saying that to me once. I'd written a short story and it was going to be published and I was going to put it online. And the, the publisher said to me, a friend of mine he was, he said, well, don't sink the ship before it's sailed. You know, let's get it published and then you can, afterwards, you can then put it online or do whatever. Anyway, that was a long time ago, a long, long time ago. When I used to teach English, as a foreign language. Would you believe that? Me, learning others how what to talk and stuff, innit? <laughs> Dear, stone the crows. I mustn't keep saying stone the crows. Ray, nice to hear from you with a, a little wartime snippet. Uh, Ray says that his dad went over to Holland with a group of other soldiers in a Wellington bomber. This was following the invasion. Once they landed, his role was to share the driving of an army truck across Holland in a convoy. Now his friend sat next to him and they would take turns in driving. Dad would drive and then his friend vice versa. This went on for many hours and ran into days. One fateful day, the convoy came under fire and shells began bursting all around them. A shell landed close to the wagon and blew it off the road into the ditch. Dad at the time, it was the driver and he was unhurt, but when he turned to his friend, he was dead from a piece of shrapnel. And Ray goes on to say, fate means that my grandchildren, children, me, we're all here today. If it had been dad's turn to be the passenger on that day, none of us would be here. Now that's amazing, isn't it? It's all ifs and buts. If I hadn't gone to that certain place back in 1960, I wouldn't have met my wife, my husband, my, my partner, my spouse. That means we wouldn't have children, grandchildren, etc. Isn't it amazing how things like that, looking back, how everything could have been so very different. Over all the decades I've lived, I've often looked back and thought, for example, I wanted to be a radio and TV engineer. 
when I was in my teens. And I went to the Labour Exchange and the lady, I think I've told you this before, the lady there said, no, we've nothing in that line. Do you want to be a labourer on a building site? And I said, no, that's nothing to do with electronics, radio and TV. Had I taken the labourer's job, had I said, oh, OK, I'll do that, things could have been completely different. I might have been a, a self-employed builder. I might have been a millionaire building houses and making millions of pounds instead of, as I did, ending up working on, on ships and boats and doing radar and sonar and all that for some pittance of a, a wage, <laughs> which it was. Honestly, there's me repairing radar stuff, sonar, echo sounders, ship-to-shore radio, all this highly technical equipment. And a friend of mine who worked in a local shop was earning more than me. I don't know, perhaps I should have gone and worked in a shop. <laughs> you just never know, do you? But the thing is, though, seriously, all our children, our grandchildren, and so it goes on and on, none of them would exist had, same with yours, none of them would exist had two people not been in a certain place at a certain time and happened to meet and start chatting or be introduced to each other. It's quite amazing. Is it fate? Some people say it's all meant to be. Do you believe that? Is it meant to be? Or is it just pure luck? Or bad <laughs> or, or bad luck in some cases? So many people seem to get divorced these days. They probably say, well, what do you mean pure luck? It's pure dreadful bad luck. Now, I want to play you a recording. Hello, Jerry from Jerry over there in America. I want to play you his MP3 recording. This is about his mum. I'll, I'll comment on it after. Have a listen to the recording first. Hi, Ray. When I was a young boy, I had an, um, my uncle Herbie, who used to build, assemble Heathkits radios and in, in, in electronics. And I, I, was a, I was interested in everything electrical, radio, you name it. My Uncle Herbie gave me a very basic soldering iron, a homemade cradle, and a spool of solder. And I was at home practicing how to solder, trying to teach myself. And I was doing a horrible job at it. And my mother came up to me and she said, Jerry, let me show you how to, how to properly solder wires. And I, I stepped aside. She, she, did, she twisted the wires together, stripped the wire, twisted the wires, applied the iron, then applied the solder. Did a wonderful job. Perfect. No cold solder joints. Very neat job. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, how, did, how in the world do you know how to do such good soldering? And she said, well, she says, I was born in 1920. And when World War II started, I was 21 years old. So I wanted to help the war effort. So I joined a, a company that would be later renamed Motorola. And her job was to solder radios together. She didn't know anything about radios, or how it worked. But she knew how to solder and what, how to make the connections and how to solder these radios together. She became very proficient. So there you go. My, my respect for her, my awe, was just so much stronger. It's like, wow. That's my story, Ray. Short and sweet. 73. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Lovely story about the, the war, really, um, and his mum soldering. Isn't that interesting, the difference in pronunciation of words? We call it soldering. And in, uh, in the US, it's soldering. That's amazing, isn't it? All these different words. But thanks for that, Jerry. It's really nice. I think that's the first recording that anyone's ever sent me that I've actually put on the podcast episode. If anyone else wants to record an MP3 about a little story, what, what's happened, anything, doesn't matter what it's about. Well, as long as it's not illegal. <laughs> 
we don't want anything naughty either. Mind you, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. OK, so thank you very much for that, Jerry. Motorola, yes, went on to become a huge company. I mean, they're still going today. Motorola, massive company worldwide. Fantastic. So your mum didn't know anything about the radio she was working on, how it worked and the rest of it. She just knew which parts to solder and stuff on the assembly line, I suppose. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Jerry, for that. Much appreciated. I've got another story here from Brent. He says both his parents were in the army during World War II. Uh, My father was stationed somewhere in the South Pacific, I think near Papua New Guinea. He died when I was about six. So this story was told to me by my mother. So I don't know a lot of details. This is the trouble, isn't it, uh, Brent? I've been told things over the years and I've asked questions. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know about this or that. You sort of get half the story. He says, my father and his platoon were driving on a road in a remote part of a jungle when they saw a a pack of dogs and a wild man who didn't walk upright but ran around on all fours, just like the dogs. He had tangled hair and a long beard and his back was bent up from running around this way. The wild man was afraid of my father and his buddies, but they had the Sunday newspapers with the comics in in colour and they set it out on the ground for this chap to see. Then they drove away just far enough so they could watch the chap. He was fascinated by the Sunday funnies, as Brent put it. Every time they were in that area, they would drop off the Sunday funnies. These are the newspapers, aren't they? And the the colour supplements, we called them here. And occasionally they'd see this, uh, this chap. They got to the point where they could walk up to him and he wouldn't run away. My father took a picture of him wearing a cloth that my father supplied. He was usually naked, this chap. He lived in the jungle then with these dogs. That's incredible. And he had a stick to hold him upright. Brent says that uh, I'll send a picture of the wild man when I find it. That's incredible, Brent, isn't it? Incredible. You hear, well, like Tarzan, you hear of people being, I don't know, somehow stuck in the jungle or born or left in the jungle and brought up by animals. And you know, I've always thought, well, that, that's not possible. It doesn't happen, does it? But perhaps it does. Do you know, in some parts of the world, don't ask me where, because I haven't got a clue. Some, is it South America, deep in the jungle? There are tribes, aren't there, of people who live as they have always lived for centuries. They don't have any technology, electricity, nothing, absolutely nothing. And I think what, what, the, what we are trying to do is keep away from them. Because you imagine if we went in there and we sort of became friendly with them, before you know it, they'd have mobile phones, they'd be drinking coke, they'd get rotten teeth, all sorts of illnesses. So they're best left alone to do their own thing. But that's incredible, isn't it? Our, our Earth, our planet, you think these days is so small with technology. You know, I can chat to my son in America, just on the internet, we'd do video calls and stuff. Think nothing of it thousands was it about three thousand miles away from me and yet there are still places on the earth where you've got tribes living and we, we don't go there we've never been there quite amazing anyway that's another what was this all about this is meant to be about the winter of discontent isn't it i haven't mentioned that yet although i, I do i think i said the other day about in 70 what was it i forget when it was 73 wasn't it i was 22 years old so i wasn't married Footloose and fancy free. How about that? We'll go into. Well, we might go into that one day. I remember going into the pub. <laughs> Here we go. You say not another pub. No, it was the same pub, one of many. And there was a power cut, 
and they had candles on the bar and candles on the, the shelf where the optics were behind the bar. And the only beers you could have were the real ales, the um, what are they, the keg bitters, because the, the lagers and stuff like that, they relied on the electric cooler, electric pumps or whatever they relied on. And of course, there was no electricity, so you couldn't get the, the beer out of the barrels. Whereas the proper beer engine pumps, is that, that's what they're called, isn't it? Beer engines. You know, well, they, they get the, the glass, put it under the thing, and they pull the lever. Like that. Do you like the sound effects? Nice pint of bitter. Pint of your best bitter, please, landlord. What, don't you know? <laughs> Happy days. But I remember the pub being in darkness, apart from candles. And then a bit later, all the lights would come on and everyone, they'd all cheer and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, when we had a three-day week, wasn't it, back in 73. What they did, although local hospital and other hospitals had generators, they made sure that when they did cut the power to different areas, they left the hospital on. If you're lucky enough to live near to the hospital and you're on the same uh, circuit as them, the same substation, then you wouldn't ever have a power cut at home. I remember that. I had a friend lived near the hospital. Power cut, he said. Never have power cuts. <laughs> well, he wouldn't. He lived near the hospital. Talking of the, the wartime, it must have been awful. I was watching All Creatures Great and Small the other day and uh, Tristan in that was going off to war. I think that must have been the, the Second World War. Yes, it was, wasn't it? And his brother, Siegfried, he didn't want him to go. Uh, he did go in the end, but it must have been awful. Imagine your son your teenage son getting his call-up papers, packs his gear and off he goes. And you, you say goodbye and obviously in your mind is, will I ever see him again? Will he come back? Must have been dreadful. Isn't war awful? Seems we never learn from history. All the wars over the centuries, we never seem to learn. We still fight and kill each other. But anyway, there we are. Yes, that, uh, that must have been a dreadful thing to say goodbye to your son and not know whether you'll ever see him again. Now, the three-day week in 74, was that the miners' strike? I've got, I can't, you know, I can't remember. I think back then, when I was 22, I didn't take too much notice of what was going on. It was just a bit of a laugh in the pub because there was no electricity. I didn't follow the news back then as I do these days. Well, I don't so much now because it's all rubbish. Let's have a think about the three-day week. Yeah, that was 73 74. Edward Heath, wasn't it? The uh, Conservative Prime Minister. It was to conserve electricity, from what I remember. I must look this up in a minute. I keep saying that. Honestly, the amount of things I've got to look up and never do. Yeah, the electricity was in short supply, wasn't it? Because of industrial action. It was coal miners and the railway. Of course, the railway workers delivered coal to the power stations. The coal miners obviously dug the coal out of the ground. And if they're all doing this industrial action, then there was no coal. That was it, getting to the power station. That's why the electricity was being sort of rationed, if that, that's probably the right word to use. And this was throughout the 70s, wasn't it? If who remembers the 70s, I do vaguely. So the government did all sorts of things which a lot of people didn't like. Now, just let me look up online here, see what I can find. Oh, here we are. Look, what's this? The government capped public sector pay rises. This caused unrest ah, amongst trade unions. Yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Inflation increased. Miners' wages fell in real terms. By October 73, the average wages were 2.3% lower. 
Uh, yeah, it, this was what it was all about in 73, 74, wasn't it? Which was different uh, from the 78, 79 winter of discontent. Yeah, that was a period, it says here, between 78 and 79, because of there were widespread strikes, oh, by private and later public sector trade unions. They all wanted more money, as they do now. We've got all these strikes now in Britain, haven't we? Nurses, post office, railway, border force, it just goes on and on. There was a strike by workers at Ford, the Ford car uh, factory in 78, that was settled with, a look at that, a pay increase of 17%, well above the 5% limit the government was holding its own workers to. Yeah, you see, this is the trouble, isn't it? One lot gets more, one lot of workers gets more than another lot. So that, that causes trouble, more discontent. Other people then think, well, we're going on strike because you know, we need more money. I mean, at the moment, they're saying that pensioners should go on strike. I, I'm a pensioner. How would I go on how would I go on strike? I can't, can I? I'm not going to collect my pension anymore. No, I can't do that. Used to go around to the post office and collect your pension every week. But now it's all automated, isn't it? It goes into the bank. But people are saying pensioners need more money. Well, it's true. I need more money. But I can't go on strike. Apparently, in, the, in Britain here, our pension is the lowest, one of the lowest, if not the lowest, in Europe. So how about that? That's our state pension, which we've paid in for all our life, since I was, well, when I went to work, when I was 15, started paying national insurance. So I've paid in all my life, never missed a payment. And I get some miserable pittance <laughs> of a payment of a pension. Oh, there we are. I can't go on strike anyway. But yeah, all this winter of discontent, the whole of the 70s, basically, three day week in uh, 73, all the strikes, the mines. It was Thatcher, wasn't it? Margaret Thatcher that was up against the miners, all sorts of trouble. If you're interested in that, uh, which you're probably not, have a look online, there's all sorts about it. I won't ramble on about it now because uh, you'll probably get fed up with that. But uh, it was a terrible time, the 70s. And that's when, as Tricia reminded me earlier, uh, punk rock started. Remember people wearing bin bags and they had needles and things through their eyebrows and safety pins through their noses and whatever. I was never part of the punk rock scene. I was always a hippie, so uh, I didn't have to go out and buy bin bags and uh, safety pins. Well, guess what's just happened? Trisha's just come in to see me. We watch Midsummer Murders. Don't know whether you do. There's a new one starting Sunday, this Sunday, the new series of, of new episode, whatever, Midsummer Murders. Terrific. She's just been setting up to record it, just in case we miss it. It's been cancelled or postponed at least to goodness knows when. Why? What's on instead? The Harry interview. Stone the crap. Honestly, I want to see Midsummer Murders, not the Harry interview. I think people have had enough. I'm not going to go on about Harry and Meghan, but good grief. Haven't people had enough? We've got books, interviews, documentaries. People have had enough. I want to watch Midsummer Murders, and now I can't. <laughs> so I shall fume. I shall rant and rave. No, I won't rant and rave about that on here. But they do this with football. We go to watch a programme. Oh, cancelled. Football's on instead. Why put football on the ordinary channels when there are loads of sports channels? I'm not into football myself. Millions of people are. That's fair enough. They've got sports channels. Why do we have to have it on our... Well, when I say our channels, you know, I mean the ordinary, ordinary TV channels. 
I don't want to watch football. I want, I want to watch Midsummer Murders or Last of the Summer Wine. There we are. No good complaining. I will, though. I'll go on Twitter later and I shall moan. <laughs> I do that. I go on Twitter and complain about things. I have complained on there before to our local police and they do respond. They have said, if you want to report a crime, don't do it on Twitter. Well, I don't report crimes. I've just said, I remember once I said, there's a dual carriageway in Worthing, which is 30 miles an hour. I stick to the speed limit. I'm in everyone's way. They all go racing past me doing 40 or 50. It's actually 30 mile an hour limit. Now, it's not marked as that, but it is 30. And I said to them, I might as well do 40 or 50 as well. And they said, well, then you'll get done for speeding. So I replied to, I said, well, why, why don't they all get done? Oh, we haven't got the resources. Oh, so I might as well do 50. I don't, but I am in the way. I've noticed this a lot recently. I try to stick to the speed limit because if it's a 30 mile an hour area, is that for a reason? You know, it's a built up area. There could be kids around, school kids going to or from school, all sorts going on. If I'm racing around at 40 or 50, I could kill someone. So I stick to the limit, 30. And what happens? I'm in everyone's way. I've had people blast me. Trisha's had people blast her and go screaming past, putting fingers up at her and all sorts, purely because she's sticking to the proper speed limit. I don't know. I'm fed up with driving. Is this another winter of discontent? One wonders. I wonder. I, what I wonder about is this now, the beginning of January. Where are we? Or oh, the 6th. It's uh, Friday, isn't it? I don't know why I'm asking you. You're probably saying, I don't know what day it is. How do I know what day it is? <laughs> but, oh, look, it's getting cloudy. Grey clouds coming across. We haven't had snow here yet, and we don't want snow. I know the kids do, but I don't want snow. I'm looking forward to getting out into the garden. I want everywhere to dry up. I don't want ice and frost, but it's early January. And normally, as you know, if you're in the UK, January and February are the worst months for winter. How about... My little yucca plant up in Scotland, bless her cotton socks. It must be quite cold up there. Whenever I see the forecast, they say snow's coming in from the Atlantic. Scotland, Northern England, Northern Ireland, it's always up there, which uh, is, is great for us down here on the south coast, but not so good for them up there. Especially if you go further to uh, the Orkney Islands or above that, the Shetland Islands. What must it be like up there? It must be freezing. Not far away from Iceland. Well, quite a long way from Iceland but uh, look on the map it's only a couple of inches away from Iceland <laughs> but I don't like all this cold weather the evenings already I expect you've noticed are getting lighter I think it's a minute a day they reckon that's probably rubbish but they are getting lighter and the mornings the sun is coming up I watch it I'm in bed six o'clock and it's coming up over the houses and of course from now on it will just get higher and higher and higher in the sky and come up earlier, which is good. I'm going to grow some runner beans this year, but I won't bore you with that because uh, I'm not ready yet. I've got a big wooden trough and I'm going to grow them in there. This is all part of our garden complete revamp. We've been out there discussing it. We're going to do this and do that. Yeah, we've got this huge wooden trough. It's about, what, five or six feet long. And we're going to fill it with earth and grow runner beans in there if it's deep enough. They reckon two foot deep for runner beans. This is only about a foot, but we will see. Right, let's move on. What am I talking about now? I haven't got a clue. And you're probably thinking, well, neither have I. It's 25 to 12. We have lunch at 12 and I'm starved. We're on this diet, both of us on this diet, because of the, the Christmas festivities and eating and 
drinking and stuff. I didn't have much to drink, but I was on mince pies, cake, ice cream and all the bad things. <laughs> well, they're good things. Why is it? Why is it that things like lettuce are sort of zero calories and a piece of cake is like millions of calories? It should be the other way around. Should be things like salads and vegetables are really high calories, so keep away from those and stick to cake and crisps and chocolate, which are all zero. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way, does it? I do like veg. I had a whole pile of cabbage on my plate for dinner last night. Trish knows I like cabbage, and there was a mountain of cabbage, and I was just eating it on its own. Lovely. But I am seriously sticking to this diet because I put on, I think I told you, half a stone. And five pounds of that has gone already. My mum reckons it's water, no fluid retention, isn't it? What is fluid retention? It's not if you like drink six pints of water, you've got fluid retention, is it? It's something else, some other fluid. I don't know what it is. I'll have to find out. I shall add it to my ever increasing list of things to look up. Fluid retention. So it really is looking like we're going to have some rain or snow. I think it is forecast for this afternoon. We've got uh, the, the cat burial tomorrow, which is sad. Number one daughter and her hubby and kids, they're bringing the cat round. Well, I say kids, they're in their 20s. And we've got the little plot ready for him down the end of the garden. So we're going to have the, the burial ceremony tomorrow morning, which is not good. But to be nice to get that dealt with, I think it's going to be pouring with rain. But uh, what we're going to do is let them get on with it. We won't go and interfere. We'll let the four of them go and do the the ceremony on their own. I know some people say, oh, it's silly, it's only a cat, and our rabbit went, and we're still sad about that. Mr Woods, he went, went down one morning to feed him, and that's it. He's uh, gone to sleep, never to wake up again. But they're part of the family, aren't they? They really are part of the family. I think I've got 20 minutes till lunch, but I think I'll go and badger Trish. Or what I do is say, oh, don't you worry, I'll make my own lunch. And then she says, oh, no, no, I'll do it. <laughs> that's rather good. Oh, I must get something out of the loft. Oh, what's that? I'll go up there. You don't want to go to the loft. I'll go up there, she says. So it's all my subtle hints, you see. She knows that if I go into the kitchen, anywhere approaching 12 o'clock, she knows it's lunchtime. Right, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> do you know, I was going to say, uh, did I say badger her? Talking of badgering her for lunch, I like the etymology of words, badger. Where did that come from? I mean, it's an animal. So why do I badger her? Why, why not say rabbit her for lunch or horse her for lunch? Why a badger, fox her for lunch? <laughs> I love looking up the etymology of words, where they came from, where they originated, why and how. It's quite a fascinating thing to do. I used to spend, well, this is what, 30 years ago, I'd spend hours with a dictionary before all this online stuff. And I'd look up things. I had these huge Webster's dictionary. I think it's about three or four volumes and I'd look up words, see where they came from. And very often they were made, they came from Greek or was it Jamaic or something. They came from Latin. They were put together. Perhaps a word was put together from other words, like the word window. We all know the word window. Well, that started off as wind hole. So in your cave, well, probably not the Stone Age, but a bit later on in your wooden or mud hut, you know, you'd bash a hole in the wall and that was for the wind to come in. It was a wind hole, which of course ended up as window. There we are, not many people know that. <laughs> right, time to badger for lunch. Wish me luck. That was a nice low-calorie lunch. Spaghetti hoops on one very thin piece of toast, which was good. I've just had a, an alert. 
UK weather warning. Britain faces weekend washout, heavy rain and 70 mile an hour gales to batter country. What is all this rubbish they come out with? I remember one spring a few years ago, blistering barbecue summer on its way, tropical conditions, Sahara desert temperatures, all this nonsense. And it ended up, it was probably one of the wettest summers on record. Then we have the winter ones, don't we? Beast from the east, it's going to be frozen back to the ice age. Everyone's going to freeze. <laughs> There'll be no power, no electricity. All the water be frozen, no water in your house. And you get the mildest winter on record. It's these blasted newspapers, isn't it? Honestly, the rubbish they come out with. A little whiff of, oh, there could be a, a little bit of a, a front coming in across the Atlantic. Might get a little bit cold this weekend. That's it. Blast coming in. We're all going to freeze. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, do you buy newspapers? Very few people I know these days actually buy newspapers anymore. I don't. Mind you, I never have. I've never bought newspapers. In the old days, if I wanted any news, it was on the radio or the telly. These days I go, well, I was going to say I look on Twitter, but there's so much fake news about you don't know what to believe. But no, seriously, I mean, newspapers, they are apparently they're in trouble. People are buying less and less. They don't go to newspapers. You've got 24 hour news channels on the telly and on the radio, everything online. Why buy a newspaper? I don't know whether it would be a shame if it's the end of the industry, wouldn't it? The end of newspapers as we know it. That would be a shame. Things change, don't they? Some for the best, some for the worst. So we will see what happens. Watch this space. Another dreadful saying. Talking of the news, just heard that the Prime Minister, whoever he is, they change so often. Oh, Rishi Sunak, isn't it? I think he's there for a few minutes. He's going to meet union leaders on Monday. All this, what do you think about? No, don't worry about what you think about strikes. I know some people say it's the only option we've got left. We want proper working conditions. We want proper and fair pay. We don't get it. So the only option we have is to strike. Other people say, well, ambulance workers are on strike. Nurses are on strike. It's really difficult, isn't it? Of course, uh, was it Maggie Thatcher? She tried to ban or she did ban. No, she didn't ban strikes, did she? Anyway, that's politics. And that's something we don't do on Ray's Rants. We're not going into politics. Let's talk about beer. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I'd forgotten. It's Friday. We're going up to our club this afternoon. We're going to go there. I know I'm dieting and I know I'm calorie counting and all that. Hello. Prime Minister invites unions for grown-up talks to end industrial action. Grown-up talks. Stone the crows. I've never known a grown-up politician yet. So we're going to our club this afternoon couple of beers, that's all. We'll just be there for an hour or so. A couple of beers. It's a bit of a walk, at least five minutes around the corner. So that'd be my walk for today, uh, about a tenth of a mile. Oh, and a tenth of a mile back again. A couple of beers, just say hello to a few people. And then back here for dinner, which would be rather nice. We try to do this Friday thing, not only because I want a couple of beers on a Friday uh, late afternoon, early evening, but because it helps to keep the club going. It's not a lot of money we spend there in an hour, but it all adds up, doesn't it? It helps to keep our local club going. As we did New Year's Eve, that went on. I've told you about that, haven't I? On and on. Oh, dear. One o'clock, I got to bed. One o'clock. <laughs> Early hours of the morning. Let's have some weather reports around the world. Gale in Canada. What temperature have you got there? It's 11 degrees here at the moment. Just gone 12 o'clock. 11 degrees. And Scotland... 
Uh, Miss Yucca in Scotland, what temperature have you got? We are quite lucky down here on the south coast because not only is it warmer, but of course we can plant things earlier. I remember a friend of mine years ago, a gardener, he was a real avid gardener. He moved up to Scotland. He, he lived at home with his parents and they moved to Scotland. He was in his teens. He loved gardening. You name it, he grew it. And of course, down here on the south coast, spring starts a lot earlier than it does up north, obviously. And he, I remember he phoned me and he said, this is hopeless up here. He said, it's so cold. He loved Scotland. He loved it. But the weather, he said, for his plants, it was just a, a disaster. He just couldn't start them till a lot later. Do you know, it's awful. It really is awful. I've never been to Scotland. All my life, I've thought, I must go to Scotland. I haven't been to Ireland. I've been to Wales. I've been to London. <laughs> I do leave Worthing sometimes for a few minutes. No, seriously, I've never been to Ireland. I'd love to go to Ireland. Irish Republic, my son's been there, says it's absolutely lovely. And Scotland, in-laws, Trisha's parents, they've been there many times. I know other people that have. Scotland's lovely. I've never been there. I've never been to York. I want to go to York to see the, the railway thing. The, is it museum? Big thing at York. I must do that. You see, there's so much to do. This is what I find. I thought when I retired, stopped repairing the radios, Trish and I would be looking at each other in the morning saying, well, what should we do today? Should we go and have a coffee at Shoreham Airport? Look at the aeroplanes? Pop over to Amberley Museum? What should we do? Oh, no, it's not like that at all. We wake up, we look at each other. Right, what have we got today? We've got, we've got to go see my mum. We've got your mum coming over later. Although we've got to go to so-and-so. Yeah, we've got to pick that up. We've got this being delivered. We've got to do that. Oh, honestly, every day we've got one of these online diaries. It's full up. It really is full up with stuff. Every day, Sundays, we try to keep clear. Sunday, no one comes round. We don't go anywhere. Mind you, what happens? Phone call. Mum... Yes, what do you want? Can you give me a lift? Oh, <laughs> and so it goes on. It's all good fun, isn't it? Happy days, as I say. I mustn't say happy days and stone the crows. <laughs> yes, I must. If you want to email me and say anything, have a moan about something or whatever, raise rants at protonmail.com. Raise rants, or one word, at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. I do answer all emails eventually. And if you can, if you want to, record an MP3, a little audio clip, it'd be great to be able to play that. As I said earlier, that one from Jerry was good. Be nice, wouldn't it, to get audio clips from people all around the world. Even if you just say, well, the weather here is awful. <laughs> the weather outside is frightful. But what is it? The fire inside is delightful. Let it snow. Yes, just a little audio clip. Anything will do if you want, if you know how to and if you want to. If you don't know how to and you don't want to, then don't bother. <laughs> I think what I'll do now, I'll finish here and then I'll come back tomorrow. And for you, that'll be like a split second. For me, it'll be sort of 24 hours. So I've had my lunch. I've got a cup of tea now. I've got some emails to answer, several emails from you. So thank you for that. And you never know, I might have something a little bit more interesting to say tomorrow, which is what, Saturday the 7th tomorrow. So I shall get back to you tomorrow. In a couple of nano, what are they nanoseconds? Why are they nanoseconds? It used to be a split second. Anyway, whatever. I shall see you tomorrow. And it's now tomorrow. Isn't time a funny thing to you? That was a, a nano or whatever second. <laughs> and to me, it's, uh, what, 24 hours almost. 
it's absolutely lashing with rain. I can say absolutely because I'm not saying yes to a question. Absolutely lashing with rain. Uh, raining a lot, that's what I mean. I had a terrible night. Oh, dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Woke up at two o'clock, don't know why. Started thinking. I did, I started thinking. And at three o'clock, in fact, five past three, now let me find this on my iPad, I had an email, I haven't answered it yet, but I had an email from Ed. Hello, Ed, I'm going to answer your email in a minute. He says, listening to the midweek message and your comments about thinking about things, worrying and thus laying awake at night, do you have any suggestions on overcoming this? I haven't, Ed, I haven't. He says, I suffer from the same thing, I'm afraid. I wanted you to know I listen to your podcast before bedtime and they usually send me off to sleep. <laughs> Perhaps that's what I should do, Ed. Listen to one or two of my podcasts and then I shall sleep like a rock or is it a log or whatever. I shall sleep like something all night. That's an idea, isn't it? Listen to a podcast episode as you're dozing off to sleep. Seriously, Ed, I, I had two really good nights. Thursday night, a Wednesday night, Thursday night, brilliant. Friday night, which is last night because it's now Saturday, absolute disaster. I made a cup of tea. I read uh, Ed's email, went on my iPad, looked at a few other things. Four o'clock, tried to settle down again. I think I must have gone up. The last time I looked at the clock was about half four. And the next time I looked, it was quarter to six. So I did have a little bit of sleep. Absolute nightmare. Of course, now I'm tired. I don't know what the answer is. There is no answer. That's why I got up. I thought, well, if I get up and make tea, I don't know. That doesn't help, really. I suppose that just prolongs the, the agony of being awake all night. Now, Melissa, lovely to hear from you. Where are you? It doesn't say where you are. You say that your husband can't read the room. Have you heard that expression, everyone? I have. You can't read the room. She says that her husband and her, they had some friends round for drinks and their friend's dog had uh, recently died which was very sad. They'd had him for something like 15 years and he, he recently died. So they were obviously very upset because the same with a cat or even our rabbit, bless him. Yeah, you know, we were upset. We, we all had tears. So everyone was a little bit glum, a bit gloomy because of this news. They were all just sitting there in, in the lounge. And her husband, Tom, <laughs> well done, Tom, he piped up it's lovely weather. Let's have a barbecue Saturday. Who's up for a barbecue? And he's all jolly and trying. I don't know what he was trying to do. Uh, I reckon, Melissa, as you said, he was just trying to be jolly and lighten the mood. But of course, it doesn't work. And she says that everyone looked at him and their expressions were a mixture of puzzlement and bewilderment. Like, what are you talking about? A barbecue? We're just discussing the poor dog that's passed away. And it's, oh, let's have a barbecue. Oh, it's lovely weather. He can't read the room. She says that she's got a lot more examples of that. But uh, that's just one so that uh, we get an idea of what Tom is. Are you listening to this, Tom? He'll probably be listening to this, Melissa. Or are you not going <laughs> to let him hear this one? Do you remember that advert? I think it was for gin, where there's this chap and his wife and they're listening to this other chap at this... He's saying, oh, oh, I'm getting a little hint of juniper and uh, yes, and a little a little taste of or a breeze of uh, orange. And this chap says to his wife, I'm getting a hint of pretentious something or other. <laughs> and his wife looks at him, glares at him and he says, what? 
Like, he, he doesn't know what he's done wrong. What? Because everyone could hear him. I'm getting pretentious, whatever he said. Do you remember that advert? I forget what brand of gin it was, but um, that's a, a good example. You know, unable to read the room. Uh, it's, uh, it's dreadful. I, I've known examples of that over the years. Someone's discussing something. There's a crowd of people in the in the room and they're discussing something and it's possibly all quite serious. Then someone will pipe up, hey, I'll tell you what, let's do this or, or let's do that. You know, they've got no idea that they're, they're barging into the conversation and they just can't read the room. I was talking to a chap the other day and we were discussing podcasts and various radio things and it got round to jokes. Now, humour is a very individual thing, isn't it? I think I've said before, I love Tommy Cooper. Other people can't stand Tommy Cooper. I like the Carry On films. Other people can't stand them. So it's a very individual thing, humour. And this chap was saying that, he said, have you ever known anyone that tries to make jokes and they don't work? They come across not as a joke, but as rude. Yes, I do know that. I do know, I'm not going to mention on here because people might be listening. Well, I hope people are listening, but the people that I'm not going to talk about might be listening, if you see what I mean. Yes, I have known that. They try to make a joke and it's not funny. It doesn't work. And if anything, I'm not going to use the word offensive. Good grief. Everyone's offended by everything these days. But yeah, the joke doesn't come across as funny. It comes across as rude. And they persist. I think, again, they can't, perhaps read the room and they persist with their joke and it's just not working and they don't seem to realise that. It's now 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Where are we? 7th of uh, January, 23. Temperature, I don't know what the temperature is. Last time I looked it was about 12 so that has improved a little bit since yesterday. Still raining, looks a bit gloomy out there. The burial ceremony for, for the cat is over. That happened about half an hour ago so that's all done. Now people are downstairs just talking about that. Now, there's a good example. I would not go down there and say, oh, well, it's only a cat, isn't it? This is what people do, isn't it? That's exactly what they do, which is incredibly out of bad taste. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the last thing I would do. Now, you're all aware of my notepad, aren't you, which I've got here. And I've just, there we are. I've just ripped off a page because I keep repeating last week's notes. <laughs> what I've done now, I'm, I'll whisper the word, Alexa. What I do now is I say, Alexa, add to my story list. And then she says, what shall I add to your story list? And then I, I give ideas. I say ideas. For example, bad jokes, read the room, etc. And then on my iPad, I can look at the Alexa list. And that way I'd, <laughs> I don't lose my notes. The only thing I have to remember is, as I've gone through each one, get rid of it. And of course, I can wake up at three in the morning and say, Alexa, story about the boat that was on the beach or whatever it might be. Of course, Tricia doesn't wake up. She'd sleep through a storm. Now, what I might have to do, I think I'll end it here because I am tired. Well, I would be, wouldn't I? I was awake for hours. Do you have these Fitbit watches? I've got one of these Fitbit watches and I looked on the, the app thing at my sleep it said one hour 49 minutes one hour 49 minutes stone the crows oh we went to the club we went to the club yesterday friday afternoon sister-in-law and brother-in-law i had three pints would you believe three pints of london pride really nice that was quite enjoyable and 
There's Trisha saying, oh, that's 600 calories. You've just put 600, blah, blah, blah. This morning, my weight was down from yesterday, down a pound. <laughs> so there's the answer. If you want to lose weight, go and have three pints of London Pride. I like it. I do like this London Pride. Anyway, that's enough of that. I'm going to say goodbye now. I'm going to have lunch and then have a sleep. I've been good. I had porridge for breakfast and I've had nothing since. That's why I'm starved. Take care. Raise rants at protonmail.com if you want to email me and moan about something or come up with ideas or suggestions or just say hello from somewhere in the world. That would be nice. So email me, raise rants at protonmail.com and I will see you on Wednesday with a midweek message. Look after yourselves. Take care. Bye bye for now.